want you to look at the screen with me. We're going to go through uh, four verses quickly. We're going to pray and we're going to continue in the talk on the hill. I've loved this series on the talk on the hill. And I want to, amen. And I want to talk to you today about the power of the request. The power there is in asking. I want you to look now, at, starting at verse 7, very familiar words of Jesus. And let's read it. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who what? Ask. Preach to me the word ask. Ask. Father, thank you for the word today. Teach us the power that there is in asking and help us to know how to reach people for you with wisdom in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're going to learn about asking. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're going to learn about asking. Now, in the last two times, we've seen how Jesus dealt with, the, with how to treat others. When you begin with Matthew chapter 7, he is immediately going into how you and I treat others with our religion and how we treat others with our personalities. How many of you know that it matters how you treat people? Oh yeah, it matters at your job, matters at your home, matters with your kids, matters with your spouse. It matters here at church. It matters how you treat people. Now, Jesus is continuing the theme. When you start with Matthew 7, 1, he says, judge not that you be not judged. For with the same measure you judge, you shall be judged and it's going to be measured back to you. So he's talking about how you treat people. And so we've been talking about how Jesus has taught us not to be condemning, not to be blaming, not to be uh, critical as a way of changing people. Because let's face it, a lot of times when we judge and blame and criticize and condemn, it's because they are not the way we wish they were. And so we think by judging, blaming, criticizing, and condemning, We're going to change them. Jesus said, that's not going to work. That dog won't hunt. (laughs) Condemning, judging, and blaming never changes anyone. Try it with your teenagers. Go ahead. Try it. Judging, condemning, blaming, and criticizing never changes. Try it with your spouse. Yeah, you see, the older married people said, no, 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 no. What we don't want to do is to drive away from us the very people we're trying to change. And that's what Jesus is talking about. And then Jesus talked about pearls and pigs. You remember that message? He talked about pearls and pigs. And he said, don't cast your pearls before swine, lest they cannot eat them, cannot digest them, and they turn around and bite you. Now, he wasn't calling anybody swine. 
He was saying the pearls of the kingdom of God are not digestible to someone who is lost. Because they are spiritually discerned and they are spiritually enjoyed. I've got to put on a skin diving suit if I'm going to go swimming down in the depths of the ocean because God did not create me a fish. So I've got to put on the right kind of gear to go down in that water and enjoy it. And unless I have it on, the water's going to kill me. You can't enjoy the things of the kingdom of God till you put on a kingdom suit. You've got to be saved. And what we've got to understand, Jesus said, don't shove your religion down people's throats. That's what he's talking about. Don't cast your pearls, the gospel and the gospel lifestyle, down someone's throat if they have not been saved. If you're trying to force them to change by shoving the pearls of the kingdom down their throat, it will not change them. It won't change your co-laborers. It won't change your spouse. It won't change your children. It won't change your neighbors. They have to themselves, they have to be given a kingdom stomach. And you get a kingdom stomach by being born again. And until you've got a kingdom stomach and you've been born again, you can't appreciate the pearls of the kingdom. Jesus is talking about how to reach people. And once again, when you do that, when you try to shove religion down people's throat, you drive away the very people you're trying to reach. Okay? And what do they do? They turn around. Not only do they, do they get away from you when they see you coming, but if you keep trying to make them be what they can't be until they're saved... They'll finally get mad at you and turn and snap at you. The gospel and the Lord Jesus Christ and the things of God are pearls to you and me, but they're not pearls to them until they're saved. Are you all with me? So Jesus said, don't judge, don't blame, don't criticize, don't try to change people with that methodology. And don't try to change people by forcing your truth, your kingdom reality onto them, your pearls, until they have been saved. Very, very important, everybody. This is good stuff from Jesus. I'm very thankful for it. Don't be pushy with the kingdom. Say with me, don't be pushy with the kingdom. And don't condemn, judge, and blame others. Guess what? You used to do what they're doing, and you used to be what they are. Amen? Now, Jesus taught us to win people. How many of you in here know somebody that you want to win to Jesus? Somebody in your life that you wish they were walking with God? Amen. Well, that's just about everybody. And the rest of you, look around you. They're all around you. People who need to be saved. And Jesus didn't save you just for you. Now that we have been saved, Paul said... We are debtors to God. We owe a debt to God. Here's the debt to tell others about the ministry of forgiveness that Jesus brings. But there is a way to do it and a way not to do it. You can't force the kingdom on people and you can't change them by blaming, judging, criticizing, and condemning them. Jesus said, if you do that, you drive them away. As long as I'm trying to push my pearls onto somebody lost or I'm judging and blaming and criticizing them for the way they're living, I become their problem, not their solution. God saved you to be a solution, not a problem. And if I'm saying, 
If I got the pearls in my hand, salvation and the gospel lifestyle, then I got somebody lost here and I'm saying, come on now, get saved, swallow this pearl. Here's what you're doing. You're becoming their problem. They see you coming, they run. When they see you coming, they don't see a solution. They go, uh-oh, not amen. Jesus is moving in here. He is meddling with us. He's telling us as saved people, as people who have experienced the kingdom, there's a way to win them and there's a way to drive them away. He said, if you're going to win them, you're going to have to treat people as you want them to treat you. That's right in the middle of chapter 7. He says, do unto others as you would have others do unto you. Treat others the way you want others treating you. That's the law of the kingdom. How do you want to be treated? Well, Jesus said if you treat people with respect, that doesn't mean you've got to respect their sin, but you respect them as a valuable human being that Jesus died for. They have value and they are worthy of respect because of the value. Not the way they're living. It may be extremely disrespectful, but you can respect them as a created human being that Jesus thought valuable enough to die for. Jesus said, treat him with respect, be gracious. And as we talked about last week, you've got to wait for the right timing to share your pearls with them. You've got to wait for the timing of the Holy Ghost. There is a timing for everybody. I was talking to uh, Billy before the service. He said, when my timing came, I was 17 years old and God hit me right between the eyes with the gospel and I came to Christ. It was my time. And I said, you know, Billy, my time came when I was sitting in juvenile home as a 16-year-old juvenile delinquent in all kinds of trouble. But God sent a messenger and a witness, and they shared the gospel, and it was my time. Do you know that there was a time God had for you, and when that hour arrived, God touched you, spoke to you, wooed you, opened your heart, showed you that he was real, brought you to repentance, and brought you into salvation. There was a time, and aren't you glad that that time came? Even Paul said, when the fullness of time came, God revealed his son to me. There is a timing, but as long as I'm trying to push it on them, force it on them, blame it on them, criticize it on them, they're never going to change. Jesus is saying that when you approach this way, tactfully, with respect, with love, with patience, when you approach them that way, when you are kind to them, respectful of them, good to them, then Jesus is saying here, your ability to ask them to change, to suggest change, to point out the need for change, and their willingness to let you play a part in it is hugely enhanced. He's not telling us you need to go witness. He's telling us how to witness. He's giving us wisdom and skill in how to reach people. He's telling us, he's telling us what to do and what not to do. He's telling us what closes hearts up and what opens hearts to you. He is telling us what turns people off, and he is telling us what makes them receptive. Do you hear me today? 
He's saying, now you understand you're to go witness. I told you go into all the world and witness to everything moving. You preach the gospel to every creature. But if somebody says no, or they are resistant to God, resistant to change, resistant to the move of the Spirit, then Jesus said, then you've got to put on wisdom. And you cannot come at them shoving pearls down their throat. You cannot come at them criticizing them, condemning them, judging them, and blaming them. He said, you've got to be respectful. Say with me, respectful, loving, patient, and wait for timing to share the pearls of the kingdom. Oh, I hope this week that you're going to share the pearls of the kingdom with somebody. I hope this week that you're going to share the pearls of the kingdom with a neighbor, with a family member, with a coworker, with somebody. Because out there, everybody, listen, out there is a world lost, confused, bound in darkness, scales over their eyes. And what God needs is not just witnessing people, but wise witnessing people. Wise in the ways of God. So believe it or not, when Jesus says, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you, the first application to that has to do with horizontal relationships on earth. Because that's been the context. Don't judge people. Don't blame them. Don't criticize them. Don't throw your pearl. Don't shove your pearls down their throat. Then he says... When you approach them right, when you approach them with the right attitude and the right methodology, then you can ask and you'll receive. You'll seek and you'll find. You'll knock and it'll be open to you. They will open their hearts to you, their truth to you, their needs to you, their desires to you. Think right now how many How many people in your life, think for a moment, how many people in your life need to be reached with the gospel kingdom and you know for a fact their heart is closed off and they're not listening to you and they don't want it and they're not responding. Think how much change would come to your life, to your home, to your workplace if their hearts were to open up. Some of you are vexed today because somebody's heart has not opened up. Some of you are troubled because you've tried and tried and nothing has worked. I want to suggest to you today, Jesus understood this. And he wants us to understand ourselves the power that there is in asking when we approach the right way. Oh, I'll tell you, the power of asking is one of the strongest powers in the world. The power of a request is one of the strongest forces on earth. This way, horizontally and vertically. We're going to talk about God, praying to God next week. But right now I want to talk to you about getting into someone's life where you have the power, the influence, the ability to open their hearts up and bring them to a place where instead of pushing you away, they're saying, help me, I receive what you're saying. I need your God. The power of a request is far stronger than the power of a demand. How many of you have ever said to your spouse who said, get over there and do that, and you found yourself wheeling around and saying, why don't you ask me? 
Why did you want to be asked instead of told? Because a demand drives you away, but a request draws you near. There is power in asking. I guarantee you, my dog knows it. I never successfully eat a sandwich, eat anything in my chair when my dog's in the room, that he is not able to look at me with those eyes, put that paw on my knee, look at me with that expression, and he can't even talk, but he understands the power of a request because I always end up with, (laughs) come on, everybody. I always end up with less sandwich than I started with. That little rascal knows how to get to me every single time. It's the look. It's the look. It's a request look. It's that look of, if you don't give me a little bit of that sandwich, I don't know what I'm going to do. I won't be able to make it out into the backyard. I'm not going to be happy the rest of the day. You know you want to bless me with a part of that sandwich. And I always end up pulling a little piece of, here you go, and then another one, and then another. Sometimes I put him out back so I don't have to face the power of the request. (laughs) I want you to say with me, there is power in asking. Please get a hold of this church. Don't walk out of here and forget what I'm saying. There is power in a request. We've all turned away from a beggar on the street, standing on the street corner with the sign, When you stand at a red light, sit in a red light with a bunch of other cars and you see them there on the street corner, you notice that everybody who's at that light is looking this way. Why aren't they looking this way? Because they don't want to face the power of the request. It's powerful. Our children instinctively know that it's very difficult for us to say no to them, especially if you got a little girl. How many of you men can say, my little girl's got me wrapped around her little finger? That little girl comes up in all her, her little frilly dress and her big eyes and looks at you. Can I, Daddy, have this or that? And you're dead. The power of the request. Jesus understood the power of the request. And you know what the context of these verses are? You're wanting somebody to change. You're wanting, and I know that. The context tells us that. And he's telling us, that judging, blaming, criticizing, and condemning another person destroys your ability to ask them for something. It destroys your ability to ask them for something or to gain entrance into the door of their heart. They're not going to let you in if you're blaming, judging, criticizing, and pushing pearls on them. But as we learn to treat others the way you want to be treated yourself, and how do you want to be treated? You want to be treated graciously, non-angrily, patiently, and non-manipulatively. And when you treat them that way, according to Jesus, their hearts begin to swing open, and that's what you want. Ask, and it shall be given you. You want something from them. Seek, and you will find. You want to know what's making them tick and what the problem is. Knock. You want entrance into the door of their life, and it shall be open to you. So how do you want to be treated since that's the golden rule? Everybody knows it. How do you want to be treated as a human being? I'm going to tell you how I do. Lovingly, I want to know I'm lovable. Respectfully, I want to know I'm valuable. Patiently, I don't want you to crowd me. I'm doing my best. 
Anybody agree with me? See, if you want to get to me and you want something from me, you're not getting it if you're blaming, judging, criticizing, and shoving pearls down my throat. Change, 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 you sorry rascal. But if I'm, if I'm going to respond to you, I guarantee I'm going to respond when you treat me with love, I'm lovable. With respect, I'm valuable. And with patience, don't crowd me. Give me space. I'm trying. Be patient. I'm trying. Be patient. Jesus said, when people are treated that way, the power of asking them is multiplied. Jesus said there's three levels of entrance into a person's life. The first one is asking. You say, well, wasn't this talking about God? We're going to talk about that next week. He talked about people first. Then he talked about God. So there's somebody in your life. You're hoping they change. And Jesus is telling us, here's how you ask them for something. Here's how you find out what's making them tick. And here is how you gain entrance into their trust and into the home of their heart. Here's how you do it. Asking something of them is the first way. The context of this verse makes it so obvious that we're asking what we're wanting them to do is change. Anybody in here have anybody in your life you want to change? You want to see change come to them? The rest of you are sitting next to your spouse and you won't tell the truth. <laughs> how many of you want somebody, how many of you can think of somebody you, you hope they change? And you've, you've, you've tried and you've prayed for them and nothing has happened. Listen, Jesus said it begins with asking. You're going to need, there's going to come a time where if you do it right, if you walk in wisdom, if you walk in love, if you walk in the right attitude, you can ask them with power to change and they will not resent it and they will not push you away. In fact, they might let you in and allow you to help them do what they need to do to change. But you're going to have to approach them right. The change that you're wanting in them clearly is you want them to cooperate with God's plan in their life. Because if the chapter starts out, you're judging them and blaming them and criticizing them for not being as godly as you think they should be. And that's why you're having to be told, don't judge, don't criticize, don't blame them. Get the, get the stick out of your own eye. Okay, everybody? Here's where he's going. And so what will not work if you are going to ask them to change? Would you pray about? Would you be open to? Would you allow me to help you get free of drugs? Get free of alcohol? Get free of sex addiction? Get free of your anger? Would you allow me to help you? If you've been badgering them, condemning them, blaming them, criticizing them, they're not even going to be within earshot of you. But if you're treating them with respect and love and patience and sensitivity to God's timing, then you're going to discover that they won't be able to help it. Their heart will begin to open because you're not standing against them. You're standing for them. 
This is powerful, y'all. You're going to have to learn this with your teenagers. You're going to have to learn this with your spouse. You're going to have to learn this with that ornery person that's in your life that just seems to resist and kick against God every day, all the time. And you're about to say, well, then, go to hell if you want to. I've walked away saying, that. okay, if you want to go to hell, go to hell if you want to. But what was I doing? Shoving pearls down their throat. Turn or burn. And they go, see ya. All right, so you, you want to be able with the person who you want to change, who has that problem, who has that need, you want to be able to ask them. And if you do it right, you shall receive. Then he says, seek and you shall find. Well, again, in the context, I'm after change in someone. I don't understand why they won't respond, why nothing seems to work, why they won't change. And I'm perplexed about it. I'm I'm seeking, what is the problem? What's the deal? How come you won't respond? Why are you staying in your agony? Why are you remaining in your pain? Why do you continue in self-destruction? I'm seeking answers. And Jesus was very clear that judging, condemning, criticizing, and pearl pushing won't succeed. But what does succeed? You know what? When you're seeking to understand a person, the answer is often found in their own words, in their own mouth. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. Now listen to this verse. The Bible says, counsel in the heart of man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw out the contents of the heart. A man of understanding. You want to be a man or a woman of understanding? Then you draw out the contents of someone's heart by being loving, patient, respectful, waiting on the timing of God, not insisting or demanding anything, and sharing in a timely manner the pearls of the kingdom. And you will probably hear, as they begin to trust you and open up, you will hear the contents of their heart. A man of understanding will draw it out. A woman of understanding will draw it out. The last level you get to know somebody's knocking. I'm knocking. And then Jesus isn't talking about knocking on the door of heaven for God at first. He's talking here. I am knocking on the door of somebody's heart. I am seeking to know the contents of somebody's heart. I am asking for this particular person to change. It's this way, horizontal, first. And we're going to see next week what I learn here, I apply here. But here I am now, I'm wanting, I'm wanting, if I'm knocking on somebody's door, there's only one thing I'm wanting. If I'm knocking on that door, I'm wanting into the house. I'm wanting to talk to the resonant within. I'm wanting, and and, and there's no way you're going to open that door unless you trust me. So Jesus is talking about gaining a person's trust. Do you know that there are people who have bars over their heart, bars over their soul, bars over their mind? Have you ever been with somebody five years and felt like you never knew them? You know why you felt that way? Because you never knew them.
Pastor, I feel like I'm in a psychiatrist's office. This will save you thousands of dollars. <laughs> See, Jesus is talking about gaining trust and entrance into somebody's soul and heart where they trust you enough to let you in. That's the only reason I'm knocking. Knock and keep on knocking. And what did he promise? It shall be open. Not by judging, blaming, criticizing, condemning, and pearl pushing. It will be open by love, respect, patience, and waiting on the timing of God. If you come in judging, blaming, condemning, not only are you not going to get in, they're going to double lock that door and deadbolt it at the same time. Jesus is teaching us in the talk on the hill that using the ill-advised tools of blame and criticism and judging and condemnation and pearl pushing in order to bring somebody closer to God, it's never going to work. What does work is loving, respecting, patience, trusting God is bigger than they are, giving him all of your expectations and not laying your expectations on them. And then you go asking, could I humbly come to you and ask you, would you please consider getting some help? Seeking, tell me what it is that's driving you where I can really reach in and help you and understand where you're hurting, knocking. Will you open your door enough to trust me with the contents of your heart and your soul. Treat them in the way that you would want to be treated if you were they. Oh, it's quiet in here. I'm going to give you an example. When I first got saved, you didn't want to see me coming. I was in the cage stage, and I witnessed everything that moved. And I didn't do it just once. If you if uh, stand there, I'd witness to you until Jesus came back. People would run when they saw me coming, especially my family. I got saved, and I just believed, well, everybody ought to know this. Everybody ought to be just like me. And I was a pearl pusher deluxe. And I blamed, and I condemned, and I judged. And my family got to the place where when I came in, they all ran to separate rooms. Even the pets didn't stay in the living room. Because they knew what was coming. Here comes the judge. Here comes the judge. And I say, you need to quit living this way, living that way. My Lord, judgment is coming. You're going to go to hell. You need to repent and get right and live like me. And they'd look at me and say, I don't know about that. <laughs> and it got to where my family finally did exactly what Jesus said. They turned and they began to come against me because I made them mad. Because I didn't understand they did not have a stomach for the things of God because they had not been born again. I had to wait for them to receive Jesus all on their own. But I made a nuisance of myself. I admit it. And so they'd snap at me, get mad at me, tell me to go away, leave us alone. We're all right. And finally one day I woke up and said, this isn't working. None of them are saved. And so I adopted this attitude. They've heard me. They've heard the gospel. This is not news to them. See, Jesus wasn't saying don't witness. He was saying if you witness and they say no, then you resort to and you default to the wisdom methodology of Jesus Christ, which is love them, respect them, 
Listen to them, be patient with them, wait for the right timing of God, and leave it all to the Father. That's what you do. So years went by, Christmases, Easter's. I'd go over to the house. I said nothing. Before I got a hold of myself, I would say, let's pray at meals. They didn't want to pray and thank God. They didn't even believe in God. At Christmas, I said, this is the reason for the season. They'd say, shut up. (laughs) So I left it to God. And year after year went by. One time I got invited to preach in a very large church. And I preached like I usually do. I gave the invitation like I usually do. And when they all came down, I'm standing up front. And I'm looking down. And I see my mother. And my sister. Looking up at me. Crying like babies. I forgot the mic was hot. Mother, what are you doing here? (laughs) That's a true story. And she said, I need to get saved. And I thought, but I haven't even been talking to you. What did it was... I quit pushing, kept loving them. I'd listen to them. I'd be around them, but I didn't push pearls. I didn't judge, didn't condemn, didn't criticize. And I waited for the timing, and God had his timing. My mother came to Christ. My sister came to Christ. My father later came to Christ. And I began to see there is a wisdom to communicating the things of God. And you know what, everybody? There's people all around you who you can either repel or attract, reach or drive away. And they're in your family. You're married to them. They are your neighbors. It's amazing how just listening to a lost person talk and pour their heart out, it is amazing what that will do for your ability to say, Can I ask you to let me pray for you? Would you let me pray for you? Yeah, I guess so. What's really hurting you? Well, when I was young, before you know it, the wise man is drawing it out. Knock, knock, knock. Would you let me into the door of your life? Would you let me? Would you trust me? Well, you haven't been pearl pushing. And you haven't been judging me. Okay. Come on in. Amen. <clears throat> <clears throat> That's how you reach people. It takes time. It takes patience. Can we stand together? I, I want to ask you all to do something. It's summer. 
It's vacation time. But you know what? It's out of school time, and a lot of people are kind of footloose and fancy free now because they're out of that regiment. But I'm going to ask you again, how many of you know somebody who needs Jesus? You know they need Jesus. Now, you know I'm big on hearing and doing. We've been learning all about being an apprentice, uh, being a disciple of Jesus, and a disciple hears and does. Can I encourage you to do something? I want you to try what you just heard. I want you to go try it. I want you to go to that person. So I can't hang around lost people. You don't have to go do what they do. But you can sure listen to them in a neutral location. Would you go find those people? Would you? Would you invite somebody next week? Because if you've gotten in and they've opened the door and they're listening to you and they're not feeling threatened by you, here's what you can ask. Would you? Would you go to church with me? And you'd be amazed once they feel like they can trust you, they'll come. And if they come, they're liable to get saved. Let's bow. Father, I thank you for the word of the Lord today. And I thank you that, Lord, you did give us wisdom in reaching people. And Lord, forgive us for the times we've pushed pearls. Forgive us for the times we've judged, criticized, condemned, and blamed, and driven the very people we wanted to reach away from us. Now, Lord, help us to put on wisdom. And Lord, to reach out to them with that love, not approval of their sin, but that love, with that patience, with that respect, and with that waiting on God's timing and help us Lord to get entrance into the door of their heart to gain their trust so that they can listen and be open to being asked to change now I want you to take a moment right now church would you and I want you to name their name to Jesus I want you to name them say Lord I pray for right now and go ahead and pray for them right now take a moment and do it right now name their name 